The Immaculate Podcast is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Steelers ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. I'm looking at it right now. Sunday's game for the Steelers against the Rams right now. Uh, upper end zone seats, just $75, and those will go down as we get closer to game time for sure. You also have easy two-tap checkout, so head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. You're listening to the Immaculate Podcast with Tim McMaster and Ed Bachette. The four four is a, is, a, is a good spot to be at. It could, could be better. It's not where we want to be at, but uh, it's all we could be right now. It's, and it's, a, it's a good spot for us, and we just got to keep uh, keep fighting. And uh, you know, the coach are a great team, and uh, we need to prove that we could compete against good teams. The Steelers finally do get a win over a good team. It wasn't easy. They got some breaks along the way, but a win's a win. They're 4-4. Four and four. Tim McMaster here along with Ed Bouchette. This is the Immaculate Podcast. Thanks for joining us for episode 22. The Steelers are 4-4. Four and four. They get the 26-24 win over Adam Vinatieri and the Indianapolis Colts. The missed field goal at the end. Laces were in. Ray Finkel would be very bad, Ed. But overall, you look at this game and the Steelers are... They're back in the hunt. I mean, we thought maybe they'd be a game back if the Ravens could lose to the Patriots, but they uh, they went out and won. But nonetheless, as far as the playoff hunt goes, this Steelers team is back in it. Yeah, at least in the wild card, uh, Tim, they're, what, two games behind Baltimore, uh, but they've lost to Baltimore. So that actually puts them three back, even though they can regain that if they win in Baltimore at the end of the year. But it's a little too early I think to to uh, talk about playoff races, the one thing and what you mentioned, they're back at least back in it. At least, at least it uh, it it renders their season uh, more interesting, you know, than the start at one and four. Yeah, certainly. So so the Ray, like I mentioned, the Ravens get the win over the Patriots easily and looks really great doing it. Um, the Steelers. Didn't necessarily do anything in particular great, except maybe get after the quarterback, and we'll get into that a little bit. But when you grade out the positions on this team, you know, in Mark Caboli's article, a lot of C's, a lot of B-minuses, that sort of thing. But but they got the win. That was the most important thing. Let's start with the defense, because I think that was the best performance around this, this Steelers team. Um, and they got... One break was that they uh, they knocked out Jacoby Brissett early in the game. Although his own offensive lineman did the damage, it was because of the Steelers' push and push onto Quentin Nelson that pushed him back into Brissett and caused the injury. How big a factor was it? Brian Hoyer came in and played pretty good, but Brissett brings kind of a different element with his legs. So how big was it that the Colts were without their starting quarterback for most of this game? You know, it's hard to determine, Tim. I think Brian Hoyer played reasonably well under the circumstances. Uh, you know, the, he wasn't even with that team very long. But, um, you know, hey, if it meant a couple points, that's a difference in the ball game. So, um, but, you know, the uh, Steelers are playing with their backup, and they were playing with their third-string quarterback, too, and they found a way to win with Duck. So, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to determine what effect that had. 
Yeah, the Steelers are certainly not going to be feeling bad for anybody through this season, being on their uh, their second, third string quarterback and all the injuries they've suffered. So if anybody's going to come crying about injuries, the Steelers want none of that. Um, the turnover game, again, big. Ed. The Colts came into this game with seven turnovers through their first seven games, and then the Steelers forced three of them on Sunday. It's something they've done successfully all season long. Uh, the biggest one, of course, the 96-yard uh, interception return by Minka Fitzpatrick, who just seems to keep making big plays for the Steelers' defense since he came over in the trade. Um, this one was interesting because Hoyer had his man. If Minka's not there helping out on that play, it looks like a touchdown when you look at the replay. But Fitzpatrick in the right place and then nothing but green the other way. Yeah, that's what we did not see last year. If they had done something like that last year, Tim, uh, they would have won the division, and yeah. um, it was it was that was a big difference for them, and that's why they emphasized it so much. If you were around in the spring when they were OTA practices, I mean, if somebody intercepted a ball, they'd go crazy. Um, they really emphasized all that stuff, and uh, it's it's bearing fruit. You know, uh, you wonder why you wonder why they couldn't have emphasized it the year earlier, but <laughs> nevertheless, um, they and plus they have. A little more talent in that defense this year with Bush, uh, Fitzpatrick, uh, Stephen Jones. You know, um, those guys are really, uh, really helping out. And uh, I, I said Stephen Jones, Stephen Nelson, sorry. Um, they're really helping out uh, in that regard. You talk about momentum swings. And if that ball is caught for a touchdown, it's 17 to 3 at that point. And I don't know. It, it seems like the Steelers maybe don't come back from that sort of a deficit. Instead, just like that, um, with one play, it's a 10-10 ball game. Steelers right back into it. Um, as far as the, the stadium, the vibe of the game, how did things shift at Heinz Field in that moment? Oh, it was huge. I mean, um, the, thing, the thing about the momentum is it didn't last very long because right. the Colts came right back down and, and scored a touchdown to take a halftime lead. Um or was that a field goal? I think that was a field goal. Yeah. No, it was a touchdown because. Um, oh, and then, then the missed extra point. Then Cam point. Yep. Cam uh, uh, blocked the blocked the extra point, so it was sixteen ten, until um, you know the Steelers were gifted field position for a late field goal there at the half by a penalty to make it sixteen thirteen. Um, yeah, that that was huge. I mean, you you mentioned it. it it's it's seventeen to three, and while they came back against Miami down fourteen nothing, the Colts are a better team. And it would might have been a little more. It would have been a little more difficult for them to come from behind in that one, that far back. As far as uh, all-time long returns for Steelers players, it was the second longest interception return for a touchdown uh, since 1933. The other one, James Harrison, of course, the the famous one in the Super Bowl, 99 yards for for the score for the Steelers. So that was the secondary um, doing a pretty good job uh, defensively. Um, but the big stars, I think, on this defense for Sunday was the pass rush and what they were able to do and, and get to both quarterbacks, um, Brissett first and then Hoyer. Five sacks overall against a team that had only allowed 11 all season. Um, and four of those, Ed, came from the, I guess we can almost call them the dynamic duo now. You got T.J. Watt on one side, Bud Dupree on the other, and those two guys are wreaking havoc this season. Yeah, actually three and a half because he only gave T.J. Watt one and a half. Right, and, right, uh, right. Bud had two. But, um, yeah, Bud Dupree's really coming on, and that only helps everybody, especially uh, T.J. Watt because they can't, necessarily put extra blockers on him with uh 
with Dupree springing loose. Um, you know, they, they uh, and he came in the inside on that blast. It wasn't a sack. That last play that for a three-yard loss before Vinatieri missed what would have been the game-winning field goal. You know, he knifed through on the inside, and that had been a criticism of Dupree in the past that he had not. He was mainly a speed rusher from the outside. He couldn't couldn't come in on the inside, and um, he's dispelling that this year. You know, I talked to him in training camp, and he said he had worked on that power move inside this year because he knew he needed to develop that to be a better pass rusher, and, and he's showing that now. Yeah, he certainly is. And the one, I guess, shame of this maybe is the fact that he is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Um, the Steelers didn't try to extend him before the season started, and he's having his best season now at the perfect time. Players tend to do that, um, Ed, but, I mean, as good as he's playing now, I would think he's also definitely pricing himself out of a future with the Steelers. Is that fair to say he's going to – somebody's going to pay a guy that pass rushes this way a lot of money? Yeah, the problem is, Tim, for the Steelers anyway, not for Bud, is – they're going to, if, if you take him out of the equation, you have T.J. Watt and Chicolo and, and Ola, and I, I, I don't think they're that confident that uh, those other guys after T.J. Uh, can get the job done. So they're going to need an outside linebacker. Where do you get one? You get one in free agency or the draft. They don't have a first-round pick, so let's scratch that because if you get one in the second round, you're rolling the dice. Um even more so than when you draft them in the first round. Uh, so you go to free agency, right? Well, free agency, if there's a good one out there, he's going to cost maybe more than Bud Dupree. So um, they can either franchise Bud, which was $15 million for one year last year. That'll only go up this year. Or try and sign him long term. Um, if you let him go, that's going to be a big hole in your defense. Yeah, that's definitely going to be, I would think, one of the big things this offseason, one of the big focuses for this team as they try to continue to build on this defense, which has become a great unit this season, um, but you don't want to break up those two guys. As far as Watt goes, you said one and a half sacks. He's now up to seven and a half on the season. He's become the, the leader of this defense. And how much does it help? How much does is Watt helped by Dupree and vice versa when you look at this defense and, and what they're able to do from the edges? Well, as I said before, they, they, um, they can't concentrate on one guy. It's, right. it's like having um, Juju and Antonio Brown in the same receiving core. You know, you double one, the other guy's open. Um, and, and that's what happens in this case as well. You know, teams will um, identify the game breaker. Which guy do you have to take out? And so far through the years... Uh, the last couple of years, it's been TJ more than, than Bud. And I think teams are going to start looking at the film, the tape, the video, whatever you want to call it, and see that um, maybe that's not such a good idea. Um, I, and I don't know, pick your poison. I remember when Greg Lloyd and Kevin Green were both in their primes going crazy, the old Blitzburg defense. They called them salt and pepper, those two. And um, teams couldn't stop them. And uh, that if Bud keeps doing this, that's uh, that's going to be the same case, I think. 
And that was kind of the focus of your post-game story was on these linebackers and, and the history of the linebackers with Steelers. So people should definitely check that out as well on The Athletic um, for a little more information on, on the performance of these two guys in this game. This was a game with some weird stuff that went on in it. Um, you mentioned Cam Hayward, the blocked extra point. That's one point. End of the half, um, the stupid Colts personal foul, basically, that, that gives the Steelers a shot at a 51-yard field goal where they they really wouldn't have had any chance of scoring there at the end of the half. And then Boswell continues a, a great resurgence season by drilling the 50, and he drilled it from 51 yards out um, to, to get the Steelers back within three. Um, the Colts get a safety in this game. Then they fumble the free kick and give it back to the Steelers. That was weird as well. I mean, there was all these things, Ed, that if they go the other way, it's easily a loss for the Steelers. Um, and we said it kind of at the top. Everything had gone the other way in a lot of the close games and close losses for the Steelers team. It was about time even things evened up a bit. But, I mean, it was just weird things. And spe- You don't usually see special teams be this big of a factor. But in this game on Sunday, a lot of weird stuff on special teams turned out to be a huge factor in the game. Oh, it sure did. I mean, it was, you know, it it was a sloppy game in some respects, Tim. Um, you know, the, the missed field goal, which was for a Vinatieri, a 43-yarder, should be a chip shot. But then again, yeah. he's 46 years old. You know, <laughs> they talk about shooting your age in golf. Uh, you know, he could do that. He hit a 51-yarder last, the previous week, to, to win for the Colts at the end. But... Um, you know, the Steelers were fortunate in that regard. What they were trying to do and what Bud uh, DePriest tackled there before that field goal try uh, was going to allow them to do was have a little over a minute left for their offense to respond after Vinatieri made it. I'm sure that's what a lot of the thinking was, but then they didn't need to do that. They just uh, sent Mason Rudolph out to take a couple knees. Yeah, it worked out. That was a huge play by Dupree. You know, it worked out well uh, for the Steelers as they hang on for the win. Let's shift things over to the offensive side of the ball, and um, I guess we start with the quarterback because that's what we you have to do when when it's a growing quarterback, and we're trying to see the development there from Mason Rudolph. Final numbers for Sunday: twenty six of thirty five, one hundred ninety one yards, touchdown, and interception. Uh, an eighty four point three rating. He started slow again. Ed, there was. There was good things, there was bad things, but how would you grade Rudolph on, on this Sunday against a good Colts team? I'm sorry, I'm giving him a B. I okay. know people people keep saying, oh, he didn't do that well. No, he didn't, but Juju Smith-Schuster dropped a, a, a Dante Moncrief-like drop um, yeah. that turned into an interception early on, or else he doesn't have an interception again. And that p- passer rating is closer to 100 because those interceptions really draw that down. Um you know, his percentage was good. Um, the yards weren't high. That's okay. 26 to 35 he was. Um, uh, he, he he completed a lot to Jalen Samuels. 13 targets, 13 catches for Samuels. You know, so he took what they call the check downs. You know, he doesn't see anybody open. He flips it to the back. And I think that worked really well for them yesterday. Um, I, I still think, you know, the one thing... I noticed with Mason yesterday was he held on the ball a little too long, and I'm sure they're going to work with him on that. But um, he's again, he's this is his first year playing. This was his what fifth start? Uh, yeah, he's three and two now as a starter. So this was his fifth start. Um, he missed one with a big concussion, and um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm I, I still think that uh, 
that he's going to be better as the season goes on. And I, I didn't have a problem really with how he played yesterday. You mentioned Samuels with the 13 catches, by far the leading receiver on this team. I guess if there's there's something we can fault with Rudolph, it's not getting the ball to the wide receivers. I don't know how much of that we put on him and how much on the receivers. But Juju, uh, three catches for 16 yards. He did reach a milestone. Uh, he is the youngest receiver ever to 200 catches, which I was shocked by. He came up quick and, and had a lot of catches in his first couple of seasons, and he's a young guy still. So that's a pretty good accomplishment. Um, Washington, who has obviously vanished at times this season, and, and we've wondered if he's ever going to develop. Four catches, 69 yards, and he had a one-handed grab, which was spectacular. He had another catch that he made more difficult than it needed to be and ended up being a, a great catch. But the four catches for 69 yards, did Washington show you something on Sunday that maybe he's turning a corner? Well, he showed me what he showed a lot of us in the last two preseason game or preseasons. Uh, he was he's been spectacular. Uh, he just for whatever reason that hasn't um, translated into the regular season for the right. most part. You know, he's had some catches here and there. He caught that big catch when uh, uh, when Mason Rudolph was knocked out against Baltimore. Um, you know, that was a 26-yarder. He's, he's had some big catches. And that, that average yesterday, you know, uh, for, what, 17.3 yards is pretty good average in this uh, day of controlled passing mostly. So I um, I, I think he uh, he's coming along. Um, certainly he and Mason have that college connection from Oklahoma State. But, um, you know, uh, uh, he, to me, was was the best receiver on the field yesterday. Yeah, he certainly was, and he made the big plays for the Steelers team. As far as the the quarterback and the slow start that I mentioned, is there something that can be done to maybe get Rudolph off to a, a little bit quicker start? Does that come down to the play calling and plans off the start, or is it more on the quarterback to just play better out of the gate? I, I you know, Tim, if I'm, I've never been an offensive coordinator in this yeah. league, so I don't have the answer <laughs> there, but. As I mentioned before, if Juju hangs on to that one, maybe yeah. maybe they get off to a faster start because that was the first series, and they had gotten out to the, they had gotten down to the Indianapolis forty-nine. Uh, it was third and thirteen, and he hits Juju um, for what would have been a first down. It was, uh, and, and and instead it's intercepted. The Colts return it to the Steelers thirty-five and. Fortunately for the Steelers, they only get a field goal out of it. But nevertheless, instead of it maybe being seven nothing or three nothing Steelers, uh, it's three nothing Indianapolis. So you know they get off to a, a difficult start there, and then um, the, the he drove him right back down to a second and one at the Indy one, and then I have a problem with the play calling. You know, um, I just second and one at the Indianapolis one. It seems like every other team in the NFL can make those short yardage plays except the Steelers, and I, I, I don't know why. Especially considering they have the offensive line that you would think would be able to right. do it. Um, right. and, and they just, yeah, that that's definitely something, the, the short yardage. Does Tomlin ever talk about that at all? Has he been kind of grilled on that portion of the offense? I think mostly people want to know why he won't run the quarterback sneak. Yeah. And, you know, ever since Patrick Mahomes got hurt, <laughs> running a quarterback sneak for Kansas City. Everybody's saying, see, see. You know, 
The quarterback can get hurt when running the quarterback sneak. Uh, I got news for you. The quarterback can get hurt doing anything. Throwing the ball, as Ben Roethlisberger showed, uh, just handing off, you can come down with anything. Uh, late hits, uh, running the ball like Lamar Jackson is, you know, when's the next hit going to knock him out and all of a sudden Baltimore's uh, bubble burst. So you can get hurt anytime. Uh, I'm surprised for a coach like Mike Tallman who says we don't live in our fears, essentially fears the, the quarterback getting hurt on a sneak. So the big question mark coming into this game for the Steelers was the running back position. They were going to be without Connor. They were going to be without Snell. So it was going to come down to Jalen Samuels and then Trey Edmonds, the uh, a guy off the practice squad that had really not gotten much reps in his professional career. Now Samuels, we mentioned the receiving. He was a factor out of the backfield, 13 catches, the 73 yards. Uh, didn't do a lot running the ball. He carries 10 yards. And that's where Trey Edmonds stepped up. Um a big chunk of his yardage was on one play, the huge 45-yard run in the first quarter, but I think that's helped set the stage for this game. But he ends up with 12 carries for 73 yards. Um, they needed a lift from somebody in that backfield, and Trey Edmonds steps up. Just talk about him as, as a running back, Ed. He's he's obviously off the practice squad. He's not a guy who's going to be generally a, a starting running back or even a backup running back, but given the opportunity, he certainly showed that he – can make plays when he needs to in an emergency spot. Yeah, Trey, of course, the brother of Terrell Edmonds, their Steelers' first-round pick two years ago at safety. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people in my business, uh, writers and broadcasters, liked him in training camp, and some even thought they should keep him over Benny Snell, that he was the better runner. He's a straight-ahead, what they call downhill runner. You know, he's not fancy. He's just going to get the ball and run, and. Um, uh, that's what he did yesterday, Sunday. Uh, now, he did have that 45-yard run, which was a nice run, and it was early. Well, I'm trying to remember. It may have been his first or second carry. Um, so, But after that, you know, 11 carries for, uh, what, 30 yards, 28 yards. 11 right. carries, 28 yards, uh, which was not much better than um, than Samuel's. So uh, it, 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 the running game was not – Doing very well again yesterday. Uh, they only had, what, they finished with 90 yards on 25 carries. That's under four. It's 3.6. That's that's not Steeler football. It just hasn't been through the years. Yeah, and they had gotten it going last week, and you thought maybe they had turned a corner as far as the running attack goes. But then another step back with the third and fourth string backs. We'll see if Connor and Snell can kind of help turn things around when, when they get back in there. Um, you mentioned um, Trey, brother of, of Terrell, um, on this team, and that led to some uh, confusion as far as social media goes. Actually, the NFL social media account, Ed, and this isn't what you want from the league to be sending out, but when uh, Trey broke off the big run, they actually sent out a push notification um, to, to everybody that obviously has the NFL app saying that it was actually his brother and that they had put a player from their defense in a running back and he had broke off the run. So after the game, though, Trey, saying all the right things about it, he said, I don't have no problem with it at all. My brother wins, I win. When I win, he wins. That's just who we are as long as they're saying one of our names, we're happy, we're just blessed, man. So Trey taking it all in stride, but... Um, a little bit of confusion, and, and in this day and age where there's a rush to get information out, you have these kind of gaps, but I'm sure somebody got yelled at in the NFL social media department. You know what's interesting? Um, the Steelers have two players who are in the NFL 
Uh, actually, the Steelers have three players, but uh, two brothers of three brothers in the NFL, the Edmonds brothers, and then they have T.J. Watt, who also has yeah. two brothers in the NFL. Uh, it's kind of unusual. I don't know that I've seen very often three brothers at the same time playing in the NFL. And here you have two of two sets of three, and two of them are on your own. And three of them are on your own team. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm trying to think of other groups. I guess the Gronkowskis for a bit. There might have been three of them, uh, but yeah, uh, amazing stuff um, from from all that family stuff for sure. All right, so when you look to the future here at the running back position um, going into next week, if if it's the same situation, how confident is Tomlin that he can go into another game with Samuels and Edmonds in the backfield? Well, he's going to have to. I mean. As Chuck Dole said, I've said this very often uh, with another position, you don't just go to the running back tree and pull one off. You know, <laughs> um, they're just not there. Uh, there are a couple old names out there that, uh, but old names don't don't cut it. You know, you have to have someone who's been with you, I think, for a little while and um, is productive. And uh, those old names are out there for a reason. There's, uh, we're halfway through the season and nobody has yet signed any of them. So I think you go with what you have and, um, you know, you, you just try the best you can. It's, it, it's not a, it's not a quick fix to just grab somebody out there. Who's, uh, who's unsigned and plug them in and play them. One old name whose name popped up last week was that of Le'Veon Bell. Of course, that's according to Le'Veon Bell, who said that, um, according to his agent, up to four teams were um, contacting the Jets as far as his availability, and he said one of them was the Steelers. After the game, Mike Tomlin was asked about it, and he said, not to my knowledge, no. Um, do you think the Steelers made the phone call and kicked the tires on Le'Veon Bell, or do you think this is just all um, agents saying agents speak? Yeah, and there's no way uh, that would have happened. First of all, Tim, they, they don't have the salary cap. Right. space to fit him in they don't have any capital draft capital really to to trade and i don't think they want him back they, they moved on from all that stuff um also uh uh you know i think that what by mentioning the steelers whether it was bell or his agent or both it to me it's an attempt by them to make them look good in other words look the Steelers want me back. I'm still right. good. You know, uh, I, I just I didn't buy that at all. Uh, Mike Tom said to his knowledge, well, he knows everything that's going on. <laughs> if they were trying to trade for Le'Veon Bell, he would have known it. Yeah, he's not the uh, the coach that's just paying attention to the X's and O's and has no idea what's going on on the, the personnel side for sure. All right, so the Steelers get a win to get to 4-4, four and four, and that means we have to give out some game balls again this week. Uh, one for the offense, one for the defense, one for the special teams, Ed. Um, as always, you get to go first. I'll let you go with the offense first. Who do you like? That's a tough one, Tim. Um, there's really no one who sticks out a whole lot, but right. I'm, I'm going to take the easy way out. Uh, I, 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 I think that it has to go to Mason Rudolph. To me, um, He's the man. Uh, without him, nothing else happens. And like I cited his stats, if uh, Juju hangs on to that one, it's, they're a lot better than they look, at least in the passer rating department. Um, so I'm, I'm going to give it to, to Mason Rudolph. You know, if we talked about him starting out slowly. He really didn't. Uh, he started out with that interception because of Juju, and then he drove the team down to put him in position to score a touchdown on the second drive. So... 
his first two drives were pretty good. Um, uh, other circumstances took away from them. They only came away with three points total, but nevertheless, I, I'm giving it to Mason. When in doubt, go with the quarterback. Always a safe call. I'll go with Edmonds for my uh, game ball. Just I like to go with somebody different than you. So I'll take Edmonds. I know overall the body of work wasn't huge if you take away that one run, but I think that one run was huge, and I think just being able to spark this team and, and get the running game going at least briefly there gave this offense something in a game where they needed something early on. So I'll give it to Trey Edmonds for coming off the, the practice squad and and contributing on the offensive side. All right, defensive game ball. Well, this is the first, Tim. Uh, Bud Dupree gets it for me. Um, All right. You know, he, two big pl- he had two sacks, the two big plays um, that really stick out were the the sack, force fumble, fumble recovery, and then the big stop at the end for a minus three to, to prevent uh, the Colts from running the clock down and also maybe um, making it a shorter field goal for Vinatieri. Um, so I, I give it to, to Bud Dupree. This Bud's for you. This uh, game ball's for you, Bud. <laughs> Uh, I definitely well deserved as far as Bud Dupree goes. Up to six sacks now for the season, which ties his uh, his career high. So I'll go in the different direction here as well. I'll give it to to Micah Fitzpatrick for the 96 yard uh, touchdown return. We mentioned it. If he's not there for that play, maybe it's a a touchdown pass for the Colts, and it's suddenly 17 to three. So while Dupree was the the big factor, I feel like throughout the game, that one moment for Minka Fitzpatrick was was such a big deal that I'll give my game ball to him. And then finally, special teams, which sometimes it's really hard to come out with heroes for the special teams, but I think there's multiple guys we could go with here, Ed. Who do you like? I like Adam Vinatieri, Tim. Can I, <laughs> can I do that one? <laughs> sure. Uh, no, I'm going to go with Chris Boswell. Um, again, an obvious choice. You know, he's made every field goal – uh, but one and that uh, through the year, and that one was uh, was from 54 yards. He made what four of four yesterday. One, two, three, four. Yep. One from 51 yards. Um, yeah, he's my man. And you know, he also this is the first time this year, I do believe uh, he he made the game winning kick. You know, we were used yeah, to that we in 2017, that. Yep. right? 2017, it was the one time. Now, there was some time left. There was six and a half minutes left in the game. Nevertheless, his 21, and it was a short field goal. His 26-yarder uh, brought them from one point down to two points up and made it final 26-24. Yeah, and if Dupree, um, because Dupree made that hit on that last drive for the Colts, if Vinatieri did hit his field goal, there would have been about a minute left for the Steelers and who knows, maybe Boswell would have ended up with, with five field goals, including a game winner. We'll, we'll never know because the Steelers won it without that. But I'll give my special teams game ball to uh, – I'll go with Cam Hayward for blocking the extra point. Um, that's a point, obviously, that, that the Colts weren't able to get. But I think maybe it also maybe just put a little doubt in Adam Vinatieri's head when he lined up for that game winner at the end. So um, we'll see. But I'll give it to uh, – to, to Cam Hayward for getting in there and blocking that extra point. All right, another win for the Steelers, four and four. They're two games back in the division because of that Ravens uh, big 37-20 route of the Patriots, but very much alive as far as the wild card goes. The Colts could be one of the teams that they're battling for that wild card. Now they're one game behind Indy, but they would have the tiebreaker. So if they end up tied, they'd have that 
head-to-head tiebreaker. So a good spot. If you want to see how all the teams kind of rank up in the NFL, we can bring you that on one of our podcasts as well. Be sure to check out the NFL Power Rankings podcast, The Athletics, week by week. Look at who's up, who's down in the NFL. Host Lindsey Jones and Amy Parlopiano set it all up for you. That's the NFL Power Rankings podcast right here on The Athletic. Uh, Follow Ed on Twitter as well, Ed Bouchette. Um, and definitely um, give us a five-star rating on out there on Apple, on Spotify. If you like what you hear, give us a rating, and um, and you can hear all of our podcasts, not just these free ones early in the week, but also the subscriber-only podcast later in the week where we get you ready for the next weekend's game by subscribing to The Athletic. Thanks to our producer, Marissa Morris, as well, and we'll talk to you later this week on the Immaculate Podcast. <laughs>